Hong Kong Rita Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Um, you must be asking uh, uh, who is uh, GIZ was already introduced. Uh, who is Masi here on the stage? Um, so I, after working around 20 years in the sourcing business of garments, uh, India, Nepal, Bangladesh, Pakistan, uh, Cambodia, partly also Myanmar, Vietnam, Indonesia, etc. I switched to the development world, so to say to the GIZ. The GIZ is uh, a government company, it's a company, that use public funds to, in my case, in my project, to sustain and support sustainability in the garment sector. The project I work for is called Fabric. It's a, a regional project in, uh, that works in these countries with different activities uh, on the social part as well as on the environmental part. I particularly follow the environmental parts of Cambodia. And uh, I was sort of um, uh, joining the GIZ with a very, very precise task. The one of joining the private sector with the development sector. Uh, many times the development sector literally talks a different language. Uh, and private sector and private entrepreneurs, especially, especially factory owners, they literally do not understand what they are talking about. They don't understand the practicality of it, and they don't understand the documentation and the bureaucracy that is required by the funding of the public money that is behind. So anyhow, uh, we, the, our mission is to support a competitive garments, and above all, garments and textile industry, to leverage networks to create solutions. So today we are going to talk about partnership, how the GIZ can help the, uh, the sector. And uh, I also get excited, Christine, uh, when I see uh, and I hear other, other people talking. And um, Edwin talk about marriage. And uh, let's say that uh, we are the middleman to make a marriage we would like to say, right, as uh, Edwin uh, talked. So uh, we have our experience in uh, major sourcing countries. We have offices, uh, capacity development and training of even technical is uh, our main uh, core of work. And uh, we usually work with uh, government and private institutions and all the things that are in the middle, business and trade. So much so that my position, I work in GIZ, but I am actually placed physically into the European Chamber of Commerce of Cambodia in order to actually liaise the private sector with the development sector. And of course, we are, we are funded by the BMZ, which is a ministry. So while, of course, uh, hunting for uh, things to work, low-hanging fruits, as we can say, in the, in the garment sector. We came across the uh, problem of textile waste in Cambodia. This is actually, these are actual pictures of the things there. So what happened is that 
When China shut down in 2018 and put the law about the ban of waste import, the actual effect started to be seen in Cambodia in 2019. And then immediately COVID strike, so pause for two years until 2021 end. 2022, the order started coming in. Textile waste mounted. And nobody had a solution for it because in Cambodia there is no recycling sector. Uh, it's, not, it's not something that was thought. And everything was shipped back to China. And the Cambodia was left, Cambodia was left with the garments either burning in the garments in the brick kilns or having a sort of very rudimental way of dealing with it by sorting uh, almost manually. So we did some research. We, we understood what were the waste uh, flows. You can find the, the study here. Uh, you might be finding it interesting. Uh, we did a recycling mapping with very little, actually, results. There are not many, as I said, no many recyclers over there. Uh, we did a factory waste survey to understand what was the composition of the factory that are chucking out the textile waste because the composition is essential, of course, for recycling business to start. And uh, we did a big textile event with, where Edwin was also uh, one of the stars, right? Uh, so while doing this, while doing this, we, in the very beginning, we realized that the green, the green machine was actually a, a very good idea, cotton polyester, we had the thought that cotton polyester was the majority of the textile waste in Cambodia, and this was confirmed by the, by the data that we gather. And therefore, we insisted, and we went on. And talking with Edwin, we were asking who can invest, who could invest, who would spend this money to do this in Cambodia. What can we do? We can actually tell an entrepreneur if this is going to work in Cambodia. And the GIZ could actually hire professional people, PricewaterhouseCoopers in this, in, this, in this case, to have a feasibility study on the green machine on the very actual ground of Cambodia with all the logistic costs and the kilometers and the, and the, and the kind of composition that was coming out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we did that. And uh, we, we partner, since today we are talking about partnerships, we partner with, uh, uh, we kind of, let's say, try to fill up the dots of the entire supply chain, right? So we had a fabric producer, garment producer, brands and retailers, and also yarn producers. Fiber producer, they were not involved. Anyhow. Uh, this was in line with many strategies of the government, as you can see, the, the garment strategy, the non-determined non contribution, NDC development documents. And uh, the GIZ funded a study, Technical, Economic, and Institution Feasibility Report. These were the partners. I would say, well, now, Chipmong is a, is a big corporation in Cambodia. They actually produce cement but they, are, they have a co-processing plant where, at the moment, they are burning, 
the textile waste that are taken from the garment, from the textile sector, and they're co-processing it into the kiln to make cement. It's a very, it's a very clean way because the temperatures are so high that there are not even ashes as a residual, but it's not exactly the best way, right, of doing things. Co-processing is just one way. And so they were interested in understanding further if they could venture into this. H&M uh, Foundation gave us a, a, great, uh, a great head start, I would say. We are very grateful to them. Um, big cooperation. Uh, VF Corporation, everybody knows them uh, in the room. Um, they are always open to, to work on innovative ideas. And Dakota is a, lo is, a, is a Hong Kong group. It's a Hong Kong group of garment producer that has three factories, three sheds in, uh, in, in the country. So they, um, I won't talk about too much about the feasibility study results. You can download it here. It's a technical document. You will find over there interesting uh, numbers, estimates, options, scenarios, we try to, you will get few scenarios, but beyond the document, we have gone ahead and we, we are trying now to, to study different ways. For example, if the partner has the land, there will be a certain ROI. If the partner has the solar panels, there will be a, another ROI. If the partner has a logistic company already, would be another, again, ROI and so forth, right? So you can, I hope you'll find it interesting. We basically, as you can see, we, we, we marry the, 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 the HK Rita, trying to, to get, uh, yeah, trying to get, uh, rather than marry, we are trying to get partner together. We are the connecting. We want to be the, the, the funnel that, uh, that Delman was, was talking about. Ideas, ideas, ideas with the GIZ funneling it and perhaps also funding some of the activity, you will see later, some of the activity with public money. Another initiative that we found, it's not about recycling here, but it's important. Um, all around the uh, supply chain of the garments is uh, the big talk these days is decarbonization. Um, decarbonization is uh, it's very evident in countries like uh, China, Vietnam, uh, partially India, uh, and Bangladesh. Uh, most of the energy that is required in a factory, in a garment factory, is generated by fossil fuel. Except for Cambodia and Myanmar, where is, where is actually generated by biomass. Now, the problem comes when this biomass is not coming from sustainable sources. And that's where uh, we found another inspirational idea. We actually find out, at least in Cambodia this is the case, but could be very much the case in Myanmar, Vietnam, perhaps, is a bit different. I don't have the data. When it comes to cost, energy consumption in dollars, 80% of the cost is electricity, and only 20% is
is actually um, coming from the cost of the wood. The wood is cheap in both Myanmar and Cambodia. Clearing the land is a huge problem. And that land clear comes back with a huge amount of unsustainable wood. And that means cheap. But the energy consumption, in, in terms of energy consumption, 90% comes from the wood. And only 10% comes from electricity. So you understand that the energy comes from the biomass or the coal that we are burning. Um, yeah. Many times the boilers are terribly efficient. Why? Because it's a small cost. It's not certainly as high as the salary in a garment sector cost structure. The, the wood costs so cheap, it doesn't matter if the boiler is inefficient. It doesn't matter if the boiler has high air pollution rate. It doesn't matter if the wood costs a little bit more or a bit less. It doesn't matter. Anyhow, <clears throat> we are actually... Uh, funding the pilot study together with few brands. They are there. Primark came along. Levi's came along as well. Funding an idea that will basically map the plantations of Cambodia, plantations that are older than 10 years old, uh, assess all their wood uh, availability, map it down, put the data on, as, as uh, Elman was saying, put the data in, feed up the data, and then and trace, literally trace, with the blockchains, with the blockchain uh, software, the batch of wood that will reach the factory. So, so that the brands down there will be able to say two years from now, in my supply chain in Cambodia, and perhaps also in Myanmar, from 20% of sustainable wood that we have used in 2021, we have gone up to 85% of traceable, sustainable wood used in my supply chain in these two countries. So, and by the way, it perfectly matched with the HIG 4.0 new uh, requirements that will come in uh, effective in November. But let's get back to the garments and to the recycling of the fabric and the yarns and things like that. Don't look at that. It's too complicated. Uh, but I wanted to put it. Um, to show that cooperating with people is actually very difficult. And when you put things together, uh, it's, it's like a marriage having to deal with both the families. And both the families are the government on one side, the manufacturing associations on another side, the neighbor that is jealous, and, uh, and uh, other external factors. Anyhow, we are establishing a uh, collecting, sorting, cleaning, uh, and opening fiber center in Cambodia. Uh, we are... We found actually a, a very uh, good partner that will uh, probably, uh, that today, as we speak, he is in factories going around as we speak and looking for a plot in Cambodia to, to establish that with the help of the GIZ. What can the GIZ come up with? We cannot, we cannot give 
him the machinery. We cannot give him the, we cannot pay him the rent for the plot, right? But we can, we can be a training provider. We can liaise with the government. Taftak is an incredible partner of the GIZ fabric. Taftak is a manufacturing association of Cambodia. Um, EU and various development partners are actually our colleagues. And uh, the GFA might also be involved. The, the, uh, it's a big stakeholder in the, in the, in the region. So, we have involved, of course, many brands into this, into this uh, uh, model, and uh, they are going to uh, feed the recycling center, which will be the first, the very first of Cambodia, which will be able to, by the way, will be able to accept and recycle all kind of fiber composition, except for nylon, I understand. Uh, cotton polyester is the number one composition mix of Cambodia, will be most welcome. The spinner is mostly working with home textile. The home textile has much less rigid rules of composition, of composition than garments, and therefore they can actually recycle and put into the composition the, the word others, right? So it's possible that the t-shirts of a brand will go and end up in a, in, a, in a pillow cushion on the sofa of somebody else, but that doesn't matter. We have achieved at least the, 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 the circularity of it, right? Yeah. So we have achieved the, the circularity of it. Um, I play with this fantastic tool that I found this thing that, that can spin around. I love it so much I had to put it. So, um, Yes. What are the instruments that the GIZ has to work with all of you? We have something called IDPP, Integrated Development Partnership, Public-Private Partnership, right? Now, it's, it starts with a simple memorandum of understanding where we, under, when we, where we put together what do we want to do. And we go ahead with a sort of cooperation agreement, which is a regular contract, where we will not transfer funds between the parties, but we will say that you are starting a recycling center. Very good. You will put the money to, for the plot and for the machinery. And we, as a GIZ, have the commitment to invest in your training facilities, in your training, in, your, in the, the liaison with the government. We will pay you the consultancies for how to set up a business, for example, for instance, or a few other ancillary things. Uh, not the hardcore equipments. That we cannot do because it's public money and we cannot help one single company. But as you can see, we are favoring the entire sector by setting up a recycling center. So it's a joint responsibility for implementation uh, with separate performance. Uh, the calculation of the costs are done in percentages. And uh, this percentage, the GIZ cannot cross the 50%. And all partners will contribute with their know-how and resources. So it's called IDPP. The brand will contribute also in kind, in dedicating time and involving their supply chain, in kind and with, with some concrete contribution. 
uh, the sorter and the recycler will set up his own, uh, um, his own uh, facility, and the GLZ will help. Now, uh, it has to be clearly linked. These are, these are all rules that are not set, set up by me, by, by the government of Germany, but uh, they are actually, if you really look at them into their core, they are quite, quite, uh, quite sensible. Quite sensible. So I think that uh, with this kind of setup, the, the GIZ can really be the, the, the funnel that we were talking uh, before. And of course, we need ideas to be supported. These are all the documents that are going to be needed. Uh, it's a, there is a cooperation agreement around and then all the annexes with the cost or rather the, the proof of contribution, a declaration of integrity, which is, I think, very, it's a very basic document, nothing, nothing, no rocket science. So, thank you. I just wanted to establish a the connection that there can be between the development world and the private sector and how the GIZ can help help the HK Rita and can help all of you with some uh, further ideas. So I would say that um, Open Supply Hub has uh, all the grammar and all the words, but the AI chat GPT of the sector is not yet there. Right, so if someone, someone come with, somebody coming with a good idea about how to build that, the GIZ might listen. Thank you. Find out more about us at www.hkreda.com. <laughs>